Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,190. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal, but it's the courage to continue that counts. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from St. Louis, Missouri, Noah Alexander. Hey, Noah, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. Let's do this. All right. Noah Alexander is the owner of Classic Car Studio and the star of Discovery Velocity Channel's hit television show, Speed is the New Black. His business specializes in building and restoring high-performance machines that combine classic lines with modern technology. Speed is the New Black showcases the technical aspects of car building where he and his talented team of master craftsmen perform their magic. Some of the automobile builds they've done include a 1990 Porsche 964, a 57 Chevrolet Bel Air, and a 62 Chrysler 300, and some vintage trucks. An entrepreneur at heart, Noah's eye for design and mind for innovation doesn't stop at custom cars. He's also the founder of Goebel and Company Furniture one of America's premier artisan furniture brands, and his designs are sold worldwide. So, Noah, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Absolutely. So as a, a young kid, I was, I think every automobile enthusiast, most of them can say I've been in this forever. So as a three or four-year-old, I remember just being passionate about cars and totally obsessed. So I grew up in a, a household where there were no other automobile enthusiasts. So as a kid, I found myself... I'd ride my bike. I find out when the car shows were, and I'd ride my bike to the car shows, and, and I'd <laughs> cool. walk around. And yeah, so I, I kind of absorbed it where, wherever I could. And then after college, I went through that whole process and got out and realized I had no idea what I was going to do. So I kind of said, I said you know what? I'm going to get into the automobile business. I, I love it. I love cars. Uh, if I can do anything, you know, you know, along those lines, I'm sure I could keep, you know, taking it where I want to. So. I had like a brief sales job in, in the automotive world, and I worked for a guy who sold a lot of like classic and exotic cars. And for some reason, I got this kind of entrepreneurial spark, and I worked for him for about a year and a half, and I said, you know what? I think I can do this. I think I can do it better. A lot of that was because of the fact that I was very naive, and I, you know, when you're working for somebody else, you always think you can do it better than they can. But nevertheless, I, we left, and I started Classic Car Studio. So this was in 2006. So initially, we just bought and sold cars. That was our deal. We bought and sold stuff we loved and did European cars, classic American cars, uh, some motorcycles. It was going actually really well for a startup business until 2008 came around, and we just got annihilated. We were sitting here, and we had our credit line had been pulled. Our bank was sold to another bank. We had no way to make money. We had a pretty good-sized facility. We had some technicians, and we loved kind of you know classic cars and classic car restoration, but we were not currently doing it. So all of a sudden... It was go time. So we kind of turned on the jets and went down that path. So it's been interesting. I uh, We got into classic car restoration out of necessity almost, which is which is not, <laughs> not usually the way it goes. But of course, yeah. we were passionate about it. It was something we loved. But we, we, it, was not, it was not by plan. But we had to make money. We had to do something. And it's really worked out well. So Well, it's a great story. I love the pivot that you did uh, through necessity. Sometimes that's what happens. You get that big push out of the nest and say, you got to go do something different, bud. Uh, the economy has taken a turn, no fault of yours, but uh, it's a great story. And we're going to learn a lot more about you as we move through the questions here. But first, 
I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So Noah, take the wheel. Winston Churchill always had a lot of good quotes because I, I think he like dealt with a lot of really tough stuff. So his stuff yeah, isn't really no like flowery um, necessarily, but he said, uh, amongst many other quotes, you know, success is not final. Failure is not fatal, but it's the courage to continue that counts. And that's the way I, where I always find myself. You know, it's uh, being an entrepreneur is a, a tough go. There's not rewards just sitting there day after day after day after day for you really have to really have to push forward and, you know, believe in your vision to, to make it happen. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, in our pre-show chat, and we're going to touch on a little bit more in a moment, but I, I wanted also to, to say that, you know, you're a designer at heart. You've got a great eye because to build the kind of stuff you build, you have to. And the fact that you're also involved in this furniture business, which I find really intriguing because I love design. I looked at the website. I love the stuff that you're doing there with, uh, I understand you have a partner in crime with that, that venture. I do. So my uh, my partner is Martin Goebel, who's uh, whose name's on the business, but very uh-huh. very talented guy, and like me, has always kind of followed his passion for you know he he kind of knew what he wanted to do and he stuck with it and didn't get was not deterred by you know money or any, anything else. He just he just kind of did what what he was really good at and it's worked right. out well for him. But uh, we started that business let's see seven seven years ago. We really wanted to you know he was doing a lot of high end. Uh, work for for very specific clients, but we wanted to get out and reach more people and put the furniture in more people's hands and kind of let them understand like here's how good this stuff actually is. Because right now, commercially produced furniture isn't really that nice. It's lost that artisan touch. It's a lot of veneers and laminates and just stuff that will not stand the test of time. But case in point, I Martin built a table for me at my house ten years ago. So this is three years before you know I, I got into business with him, and it's been refinished one time. Uh, the kids jump on it, draw on it with <laughs> markers. It's been dug yeah. into with uh, with with knives and scissors and everything else. Terrible, but we refinished the top recently. It looks brand new because it's a solid yeah. piece of you know high end furniture. And that's sure. the kind of stuff you can do. I, mean, I, I like it because it moves away from from stuff being disposable and everything. Now we build is so like, well, I only paid this much for it, but I'll probably get a new one in two years. This is something right. that will last a lifetime. So. Yeah, I think it's great. I'll make sure I put a link to that website on. Noah's show notes page, so you can go check out the furniture, because if you love quality craftsmanship, you're going to love what you see there. Well, you mentioned passion, so I want you to share a story with me that instigated your personal passion for cars. Growing up in a family where there weren't other car people, you took it upon yourself to just ride your bike to car shows. I think that's great. Yeah. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed going to be a car guy? Yeah, so I was five years old, and my my parents were friends with a... Um, an OBGYN, he delivered babies. And um, and one year, I think that, I think he'd made a lot of money one year. And they told him, you know, he's like, you got to buy, spend some of this money before the end of the year this is probably what actually happened. That's not what they told me. But anyway, he bought a 911. <laughs> and uh, they were like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a new, he's got a new 911. You know, you got, you got to see it. And they were kind of like joking around. Well, he needs to be able to get the hospital really fast and deliver these babies. Anyway, <laughs> when I saw this car, I like lost it. And I was obsessed with the whole like concept of being able to like get this thing and drive fast. And, and since then, like at, at heart, I was, you know, I loved muscle cars, you know, later on and old pickup trucks, but the, this like Porsche 911 made my head spin so fast when I was, when I was just five years old, that kept me going for, you know, and still does, you know, I, I don't know. It was, it really like sparked this passion. I, after that point, I was just absolutely obsessed with, <laughs> with those cars and, and cars in general. So I knew at that point there was no turning back. And, I think we all have one of those. I think so, too. Yeah, you and I share an affection there. I love Porsches. 
911s. For me, it was an old 356. A guy up the street had a uh, actual uh, late 50s Carrera Speedster. Wow. Um, yeah. And I actually had a chance to buy that before I was 16. I look back now, I still remind my parents, you know, you should have loaned me the money because that <laughs> car's worth a fortune. But we all back then, well. yeah, back then it was just a rough old car that made a lot of noise. But uh, yeah, I love the Porsches. Well, you talked about the challenges of entrepreneurship. No doubt, uh, being an entrepreneur is fraught with challenge. And I'd love for you to take us through a big challenge or even a big failure you faced. I know hitting that that terrible time during 07, 08, 09 when the economy crashed, I've heard a lot of guests talk about that. But tell us about a specific experience. Walk us, walk us through us and tell us what you learned from that so you can move forward. Um so that that's a really good example. I can go into it a little bit more, but and I, I know a lot of people do talk about that. But that was kind of a, an interesting moment for us where I, you know, we, we it, it kept getting the light was getting pretty dim at the end of the tunnel there for a while. So we had, you know, we had a good size inventory, uh, usually 50 to 80 cars, which was a lot for us, you know, at that wow. time. And, yeah, a um, lot of cars. Yeah, we had a lot of cars. The prices were falling rapidly as the, as the market kind of started to deteriorate there. Less and less people were calling. It was an interesting moment because we had we actually had said we had a good thing going and it was we, people would come in, we'd ship cars all over the country. And, uh, you know, we said, you know, we, I don't think we should ever really work on people's cars. That's not something we, we don't really need to bring. We don't really need to do that. Um, but I never thought I'd like it as much as I, you know, actually did end up liking it. But th- the last kind of straw there was we, we had, it was in December, we had to sell all of our cars before the end of the year. So we had this record December where we sold like over half of our inventory, which is really impressive because it's not usually a turn number you usually see with classic cars. So right. uh, then we had like a little extension where we had the final seven. I ran at Bear Jackson back to back, which was terrible and, and nerve wracking. I was not, I had a drink in my hand and I'm like drinking this cocktail. And I'm standing up on the stage and, and it, but you know what? It was still fun. <laughs> it was, it was terrible, but it was still fun. So yeah. at that point I knew I was like, we, whatever, whatever we do, like we have to figure out some way to make this go on because this is a really good buzz, even though not a great thing is happening right now. Um, right. So we really, you know, we really put our thinking caps on and figured out how to make this business go forward. But out of that, we've created a really, you know, amazing company that's well balanced, and we've got a lot of different departments um, and so many talented people that work here. And that would have never happened if we weren't so boneheaded and determined to, <laughs> to keep working with cars. Yeah, absolutely. Well, sometimes it's that stick to that entrepreneurs have that even when everyone around them is saying, look, give up, go get a job, go do something do else. Yeah. And you just can't do it because it's just, it's, it's what you love. It's what's your passion. And, and it pushes you out of that proverbial nest and you crash on the ground, but you get up and you spread your wings and find a way to fly. So kudos to you for pulling that off. And yeah, the Bear Jackson auctions, I mean, something about the auction environment, even if it's not going your way, so exciting. It's, and, it's and, pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really cool deal. Well, let's talk about a big career aha moment. I would assume you've had a few of those. Most entrepreneurs do. A time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate a new path for you. Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. We realized that in the automotive world, specifically in the restoration world, there's just this level of disorganization and people were sick of it. And it was everything from just the shops not being that well organized in terms of how the workflow went. At the end of the road, what it really came back to is that the customers were just, they, everybody felt so disconnected with 
with how the projects were going. Projects weren't getting finished. Companies were going out of business. Their cash flow was bad. It was all, it all came back to communication with the customer. So we've actually invested like a, a lot of time into developing a, a, a system, like a computer system in our shop that we run all the projects off of. Um, and it's been amazing because we kind of had like started to test it out and customers were like, this is the best thing ever. I can't believe this. So we, we, we were able to create an environment where customers in California felt like they were in touch with their project uh, that was going on in St. Louis. And it really was like a game changer for us because people were so much happier with what was going on simply because they actually knew what was going on. So now in our system, we basically have a customer portal that goes in and then all of our technicians have laptops and we run it. We, we're like, we need to run this like a bigger business. We need to give it a bigger feel. We need to get away from the, the restoration shop where there's one guy trying to do it all and just make it happen. And we've kind of created this, this experience where the customers, every, every day they get, you know, if they're working on the vehicle, they get new photos that are uploaded to the site. Any decision we're going to make on the car comes through, you know, on their end and they can click yes, click no, add a comment. And it's really been, really been a game changer for us because, uh, what we realized is that starting projects is very exciting and completing the project is hopefully exciting. But like once you get over that excitement of starting it and you're still sending in checks and paying for this stuff, it dies off a little bit. So like we had, you know, our deal was like, we've got to keep that going. And I think we've been able to make it happen, which is something I never saw myself working on, you know, inside this business. But I feel like it's been very, very important. So the key word I pick up here is communication. Communication. It's so simple. The concept makes so much sense, but I agree with you. I've had lots of friends who've restored cars and that's their biggest pet peeve. It's like, I don't know what's going on. And the last thing a shop enjoys, and I'll, I'll speak in general, is having people just show up right? and then go, what's going on? Where's my car? What state? Why is... Mm-hmm. And that just disrupts the flow of the work. It makes sure. the customer upset. It makes the shop owner and his guys upset. I think it's brilliant. So did you develop some proprietary software for this or did you just create a portal where people can go and check in on their baby we as it's being developed? My business partner, whose name is Nick, who's a, actually a buddy of mine from high school. We've been, uh, been friends for many years. He, uh, he is a uh, software engineer by trade and he developed, we developed proprietary software and it's powerful and it does exactly what we need to do. But we wanted to create a flow of information through this entire system. And uh, it's been, it's been great. So the estimates go in there. Uh, the estimates go straight through all the parts go straight through the, uh, through, through the system. So the customer can see everything, but communication is, it should be easy, right? But it's actually when you're inside of a process like a restoration or a giant home build or whatever big construction project, it's it's actually pretty tricky. So absolutely, a business that I ran for a long time. Um, one of the key things I used to say, and everybody that worked there was sick of hearing it, but I used to say, communi- communication is the key to our success, and the lack of it is the reason for our failure. And every time we had a problem in that business, it was because of lack of proper communication between departments, between channels, right. or a communication with the clients because we sure. were selling a lot of things. So, uh, yeah, I-, I love it. That's brilliant. Nice golden nugget you dropped for us there. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. You talked about when you were five and that OBGYN getting that Porsche 911. Right, but right, right. is there a car in your life when you finally got it, when you went, yeah, I'm here. This is what I've always wanted. So I early on, I had... Hondas and Acuras, they were, they were hand, hand-me-down cars for my parents, which were actually great, very, very reliable cars. But what I really wanted, because when I was a kid, I read all the car mu- magazines. And that's kind of 
faded away, you know, due to Instagram and, you know, you, it's all right there constantly, but you had to wait, you had to wait for these, these issues to come out. And when they showed up, it was genuine. So I had like 10 of these things and they, it was all the hot rod stuff and, you know, road and track and motor trend and car and driver. Anyway, so I was always into, you know, early on, I had like a mix of European cars and classic American cars and trucks I was into. But what I really wanted badly was the 1995 M3. And the reason I wanted it so badly, because it was called like the best hand, they, they always call it like the best handling car at any price point. And I think it was about like $40,000. And then they'd always put it up against cars that were much more expensive. And like, when you're 16 or 14 or 15 or whatever, whenever you decide like, I need to get something to drive that like $40,000, that seems really far away. But it's, it, it also didn't seem that far away. So I bought one of those when I got out of college in 2001. And I, that was like a happy car day in my in my mind, because I I'd like bought the car that I really wanted. When I was the, the, the achievable car, I've got other ones that I'd really love to have as well. But I kind of like had set this mental goal. Like, I, I think I can get that car. I'm going to buy that car. And the prices come down much further, obviously. And it was a wonderful car. It did track days in it. And it was it was a, a great thing. So E36 M3. Yeah, those were very cool. I had two of those cars. And that's great. the car that got me on the track, really, because right? I started doing BMW club events. Huh? Uh, I'd have an extra set of rims and, and slicks I'd put on that thing. I'd go to the track and uh, stuff the car with the other tires and then yeah. drive home, you know, and so forth. But I love those cars. And I went on to the E46. My driver today is an E46 M3. I had two of those. They're just, they do it all. They they, do it they're all. comfortable, go to the grocery store, but you push that little sport button and uh, the whole car just kind of changes personality. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, very cool. I love it. Well, again, we have uh, the similar taste in cars from Porsche 911s to BMWs. How about seller's remorse? We all have those stories in our lives. Most people do of a car they let go, they wish they had back. Is there one of those in your life? I I sold my M3, so that was a bit of a... I, I, and I'm like, why did I sell that car? I was in it for absolutely nothing. But we had children, and I couldn't put the kids in the back. I've got a couple. So there's that one. I had a, I had a 993 Turbo, which which I had purchased for like $50,000. And I, I know the price isn't that important, but... I purchased it. It was easily. To, it was easy to. It wasn't that that out of reach. We purchased it. I drove it. It was really dialed in. Someone had been doing track days with it. They lived in New York City and they had a shop that would just work on the car for them, and then they'd ship it off to these you know club track days all over the Northeast. So the car was really like just perfectly dialed in. And I sold it. And then a few years later, it was like became you know a hundred and eighty thousand dollar car. And I then, I knew, I, then I knew I wasn't getting it back. So you know what? I should have I should have held on to that one. My biggest issue is we get all these really wonderful inventory cars, so it's an exercise of mine not to hold on to them for myself and to sell them and get something new. Otherwise, I'd have a huge car collection that then I couldn't drive everything. So absolutely, you know, I think we're brothers from another mother here, bud. Yeah, um, I had a nine nine three C four S. Yes, that was my daily driver, uh-huh. and I like that car quite a bit. Um, sold it and actually ran into it again when I was down at Monterey Pebble Beach Car Week. I was sitting on the corner with my son. And he goes, Dad, there's our old car. And the guy who had bought it, who lives in Santa Cruz, drove by and I go, hey, how you doing? He goes, Mark, he came back and, okay, you're taking good care of my little baby. Right, but right. Uh, yeah, but the 993s have just shot up a lot yeah. like, you know, it's like the long hoods and all those cars, but you had the turbo even better. So it was fun. Uh, yeah. yeah, most definitely. Well, I would love to talk to you about, you know, we're at the, the end of the year here. This is a Christmas Eve show. So uh, Merry Early Christmas for everybody listening uh, today. Fantastic. But the New Year's coming. 
And no doubt you have some very exciting things uh, fired up and looking ahead to. The Discovery Velocity Channel's hit television show, Classic Car Studio, um, that you've got. You know, tell me a little bit about that. What has you excited about that? Because that adds another dimension to your business. Obviously, yeah, it right. exposes you a lot. I'd love to to hear what has you excited about the coming new year in this show. The show is great because we have so many talented guys inside the shop. And to show people, you know, how we did a lot of these different processes and who is doing them and, you know, what they could actually do with their hands was really powerful. And we got a lot of, you know, just awesome feedback on that because people would say, we like the show. We like the pace of the show. You know, you get good characters. You got to have that. And they'd always say, like, I learned something. Sweet. And that's what we set out to do. And we wanted to create a low drama product, you know, where we weren't throwing wrenches at each other. I was like, just make Thank it kind you. of, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, we wanted something that felt organic and authentic and that showed kind of, we showed everybody what they wanted to see. So we've got a, a ton of crazy projects coming up in, uh, for 2019. We've got a, I love pickup trucks, especially fully restored kind of performance oriented stuff because it's not they're kind of not what they're supposed to be uh, but that's luckily that's very popular right now so we're doing a really cool we've done a number of those we're doing a very cool 67 c10 all, all lower down on the ground it's going to handle and break and do everything you want it to do we've got a 55 chevy that's uh, on a roadster shop chassis really over the top it has lt4 in it very very high-end car we have a we're actually this is this is a new one for us, but we're doing a Texas mile car. So we have a sixty-seven Mustang full tube chassis and that's gonna have about eighteen hundred horsepower and we're gonna try to go as fast as we we possibly can. Eighteen hundred horsepower? Is I did I hear that right? Eighteen hundred horsepower. You, you, oh need, you need the gosh. horsepower to go. So while it won't be a daily driver, it's gonna, no. it's gonna fly down fly down the track. So that's gonna be that's a lot of fun. We have we're working on this at the moment. We haven't gotten the complete green light, but we're we're almost there. We've got a uh, an all wheel drive, elephant powered charger that we're working on. So which which should wow. be incredible, and that's for a great customer in the Netherlands that's very much into racing. And uh, yeah. I've been working with for a number of years. We have a thirty. You don't see a lot of uh, not so many classic you know hot rods being built right now. Uh, you know, more muscle cars and, you know, later performance stuff. We're doing a 34 Ford, which I, you know, which is good to kind of throw into the mix as well. I could keep going. Nice. We've got a, a large <laughs> shop here and uh, a lot of neat projects, but those are some of the some of the highlights. Well, I love the show. I love what you're doing with the show as something different and educational. I think that's really important. I think that's what people want to see. They're tired of the drama. They're tired of the fakey do build shows and things like that. Well, yeah, we'll build a whole car in one week. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Speed is the new black. You can find it on Discovery Velocity Channel. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. Congratulations to you and a very talented crew. Thank you. You're welcome. Here's a very introspective question. It's kind of tells me a little bit how you perceive yourself. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested into a car sitting in the shop, what would Noah be and why? So I'd really like to tell you that I would be like a Formula One car from the early 80s with a you know, 1200 horsepower, four cylinder engine, just, just making, yeah. making all that power with the turbo. I'm kind of like slow and steady and, and more reliable than that. So unfortunately I think it's like a, like a 93 Honda Civic or something. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I want to be something else, but I, I think I'm kind of in it, you know, uh, I'm geared for kind of like the long haul and just to keep running and running and running. And by being there at the right time and being around, uh, I think good stuff has come my way. So 
I love I love something fast uh, and sprinty, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's me at, at my core. Well, I I appreciate the honest answer. I think that's a great answer. Absolutely, we'd all love to be a, a ses- sexy, sleek Italian sports car or F one car, but uh, maybe we're not all quite that. <laughs> all right. Well, Noah, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design, and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Noah, we're back. We're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that civic throttle. So here we yes, go. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, hey, some of those could be pretty darn fast. Oh, I lie. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm, absolutely. I'm like the bare bones, you know, okay. X model. Yeah. Steady Eddie just keeps keeps on going. <laughs> yeah. Just like the, uh, the, the battery rabbit guy, whatever. Right. So. Exactly. All right. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? You know, when we first started the business, I did not know to hire people or the, the HR side was lost on me. And although this is trade advice and, compli- and it could really apply to anything, but you know, someone told me you get what you pay for. And it took me like a, a few years to figure that out with my employees. But you generally have to, we kind of base our hiring on that now. It's like, you got to know what that position is worth. You got to know what to pay people. So you get those good people, because if you're not paying people like a solid, like living wage, where they can, you know, you're not going to get the good people, you're not going to get the talented people. So, you know, whenever we started something new, we've always kind of attacked it from that standpoint, where it's like, here's what we're gonna have to pay for this person. And now we know who we need to, who we need to look for and how much we need to budget. And 
and make it happen. Someone else told me not to be so so damn distracted because the automotive world is so big and it's easy to like go go in a bunch of different directions. And they're like, before you get really distracted, focus on a few things, become become the best at those because otherwise you'll just be all over the place. It's just too too exciting. Great advice. Yep. If you pay with peanuts, you get a bunch of monkeys. It's, so, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 and it applies to everything. So it's good advice. It does, even when it comes to parts and, and talent and all that kind oh, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I get up every morning really early and I go work out first thing because I feel like it sets the pace for my day. And it's it's worked well for me for the past like six years. And it's it's been interrupted by small children that stay up all night. But I yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've got an off for a couple months and then I'll get back on. But most of the time I do that and it, it really gets me charged up and I, I hit the ground and I'm ready to, to take on the world. So kudos to you. Yep. Great discipline. Now, how about a resource? There are awesome resources for us car guys these days. Is there one you'd like to share? I like to check the market the best and kind of see what's up and coming and what's going on. Um, and uh, a kind of like an, an addiction of mine is bring a trailer. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's one, you know, and they're not posting like, it's but you kind of see like a general you you can look at the comments and see how people feel about stuff and who's passionate about it you can kind of judge how old they are and who's buying this type of stuff and and you can really see like on the fly you know here's here's you can see the mark you, you can see markets start to kind of increase and it is is actually one of the most consistent things i do because i look at it every day it's fun it's 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 evolved into a pretty cool thing so it's really cool i had randy nonenberg as a guest on my show one of the founders of that and uh, when he was on the show they had just started the auction which has become phenomenal i mean before that it, they didn't have that and people now it's so commonplace but I was just out on a boat this weekend with my good friend, uh, Douglas Peterson, and we were talking about bring a trailer because he's a BMW guy and was following a, a couple of O2s, some TIIs from Roundies. And uh, he said, you know, I love reading the comments because some of them are, yeah, just kind of garbage, but others have really knowledgeable things like, you know what? The seat in that car is on the wrong side. The lever is on the wrong side. And so people point out stuff that other people that are bidding might not know to kind of educate them. I think it's fabulous what it's, they built. It is so. the most interesting auction format out there, I, I believe. And it's it's for that. It's given people who probably don't get probably, you know, don't have a voice a lot of the time that know quite a bit to put it out there. And it's right. genuinely every once in a while, there's like a snarky comment, but they're kind of shut down by the group as well. They're like, you didn't need to say that that was uncalled for. And then, you know, yeah. let, let the voices speak. So it's a cool way to you know, learn something and man, you get, I bought a few cars off there and you get sucked (laughs) in because you can never, you can never sneak that bit in. It it always resets in two minutes. So I know, I know it's, it's uh, it's tremendous. Yeah, Kudos to those guys for what they've done. It brings the the community together in a nice way. Right. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? So I watched a documentary recently on Frank Williams, um, who runs, you know, Williams Engineering and the Formula One team. It was like mildly terrifying because I was like, this is the most dedicated human on the planet. Someone who never, ever, ever, ever quit when like he should have probably just quit and done something else or, you know, recovered. But he had a he had a uh, you know, he started he was just a regular old guy, started up, you know, started racing, uh, started a Formula One team when you could do it out of a garage. Yes. with, With a lot of funding was very, very successful, had a insane spinal injury while driving kind of like a kook on a back road. Uh, at, you know, after a race, I think in France and cannot move anything below his neck and kept going and went on to win more Formula One championships. And I think the last one he won was in the late nineties, but he still hasn't quit. He's still trying, he's still trying to do this. He has a level of commitment that, uh, like I guess, as I was saying, a little 
I was like, this guy's going a little too far. Like, didn't really pay a whole lot of attention <laughs> to his family. And I, but it, he was he's he's on the far extreme end of of like crazy commitment. commitment and I, yeah. it would be interesting to sit down and talk with him. I think so. Yeah, love to have him on this show. I saw the same show, and his daughter works with him, and. And the people that he motivates with his enthusiasm and his drive, I mean, he'd be a, a spectacular uh, um, guy to be around. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, a mentor, big time. Yeah, he, he's amazing. I'm glad you brought him up. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy reading? I love, like, actually fiction books because they're genuinely entertaining. But I, I do force myself to go. I, I read a lot of the entrepreneurial books as well which I like kind of sometimes I struggle, I honestly struggle through and I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I, I read, uh, I, the last one I read, I actually really liked was Good to Great. Uh, and it's a, it, it was neat because I, it, it actually, it actually went in and looked at all these, you know, big, very successful businesses and kind of drew the line between here's a very successful large business. And here's one that just went totally crazy. And without getting really into it, it looks at a lot of different aspects there. So, you know, you always read these and try to apply them to your own life and your own business. Good to great by Jim Collins. Love that book. I read that book many years ago. I actually gave copies to both my kids when they went off to college because they studied, well, my daughter specifically studied business, uh, but even for my son, and, and they both have turned out great and have great careers and jobs. Really proud of them. But good to great, fantastic book. I encourage any entrepreneur to read that book. You can apply those principles to any kind of business you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be big. So I'm glad you brought that up. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources that Noah has shared on his own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Noah Alexander, and that page will pop up, including Good to Great by Jim Collins and uh, way over 1,100 books recommended by my past automotive enthusiasts here on Cars Yeah. All right, Noah, we're up to the last question, and this can be a bit of a doozy, but it's kind of fun. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. doesn't matter who owns it, where it is. I'm going to park it in your garage. But there's a few rules to this game. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. So if you pick a Ferrari GTO, you got to have a Ferrari GTO. You have to drive it. I don't believe in garage queens. You need to take it out and enjoy it. So uh, that's off the table as well. Um, and it's the only cool collector car you can have. That's what makes this really important. So what can I buy you today? So I have, I know exactly what I would do. I, I don't have to think about this a whole lot. Um, okay. Because I, I always look, these guys look like they're having a really good time. But Ferrari has the FXX program yeah. where you can get, I think at the moment, there's an Enzo. I don't know if you can currently get one of those, but there's a 599. And then there's, they made a love Ferrari version. I think they, they do have. Uh, they're probably working on it if they haven't. Yeah. But, the great, so I, I, I want something I can, I, I like car shows, but I want to go out and like do crazy car things. Yeah. So the car gets shipped to a track all over, anywhere, I, you can go to spa or what, you know, this is a good yep. thing. The car gets shipped to a track, they show up with tech, factory technicians, and it's got its own toolbox, and then you yeah. just go out and drive. And it, yeah. it goes all over the world. You can't, I don't, you can't really drive it on the street, but that's okay, because the wonderful things you could do with that automobile make up for that. And, you know, you could really drive it as fast as you possibly could, as hard as you could. So I feel like I could improve greatly as a, a driver, plus experience some of the most wonderful tracks in the world in a car that's just absolutely like crazy. So I, I would, I would, you know, be all over that in, in a second. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you found an interesting twist here, how to make this really expensive for me. Because yeah. not only the car, but you've got to be part of the program. What you're talking about is the Ferrari Clienti program. 
Uh, I spent three days at the Ferrari factory in 2011. Uh, one of those days was at the track. Uh, a friend of mine had a Ferrari F1 car that he had rented the track for the day. At the end of the day, they brought up the factory driver with their current FXX, which was the car model back in 2011, and asked uh, if I wanted to go for a ride around the track. And that guy scared the bejeebus out of me. It didn't help that I'd had terrible few food poisoning the night before. <laughs> no, it's not good. And I felt, I felt so sick the whole day, but I had to go and participate because when are you going to get a chance to do that again? But uh, that whole Clienti program, they do that for those cars. They do it for the, the club racing. They do it for the F1 cars. In the back room, they had probably 100 vintage Ferrari F1 cars just lined up. I posted that on my Facebook page and people go, where are you? What is that there? So. I think that's a pretty cool. You're the only guy who's ever uh, ever done this to me. So I people need to take advantage of your offer to to send them for this. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll get right on that for you. We'll All see right, what kind you. of cars the other are doing and uh we'll ship you over to uh, Marinello and have you uh spend some time on the track. All over the world they go. Yeah, the fact that they bring technicians with them and your car has its own little group of guys. It's a playground for the uber wealthy, that's for sure. Sounds like the right deal. Well, Noah, you've taken me on an incredible ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip down the track in that Ferrari FXX? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I always tell people, you know, based on my personal experience, kind of find something you love and stick with it. You know, if you have the opportunity to, you know, stick with it and, and make it happen. And when it fails, keep trying to make it happen because, you know, eventually, if you can afford to and you've got the time and, you know, it's the right place in your life, you can, you can kind of make your dreams come true. And I can say for myself that I, I, I was able to do that. And I never expected that out of myself. I just kind of just kept, just keep pounding away. And, yeah. uh, you know, right when you think you're going to give up, good stuff will start kind of sprinkling down and happening. So I think so. It goes back to the Winston Churchill quote, never, ever, ever give up. So I like that philosophy. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you at Classics Car Studio? Global and Company Furniture, and of course, Discovery Channel's Velocity Speed is the new black TV show. Absolutely. So you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on our, our website, ClassicCarStudio.com. Lots of information on there. Lots of pictures of the restorations, cars for sale. Um, if you just want to look at pictures, Instagram is great. We've got a, lots of fresh posts going up there daily, and you can watch our stuff, of course, on the Motor Trend Network. Yeah, absolutely. Listeners, you can find links to everything that Noah shared today on his Cars Yash yeah, Jonas page. If you haven't seen the show, Speed is the New Black, you got to check it out. It is really cool. It's different. It's fun. Most importantly, it's educational. And make sure you go to Goebel. It's G-O-E-B-E-L and Company Furniture to see some of this beautiful furniture that Noah and his partner there are building. And of course, Classic Car Studio, uh, eye candy for all of us car lovers. Noah, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. 
For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.